Do you like horror? Sci-fi? Superheroes? Comics and adventure. SunsetCrypt.com has you covered. With reviews and articles. Two associated podcasts. Hot damn! Topics on a ton of bullshit and all geekery grounds with Crypt Keepers Curtis Sturrock, Steve Brown, and Jeff Smith. SunsetCrypt.com. Only the reader knows what awaits them. His name is Curtis Durrock There's not much that he won't mock But he'll talk to his friends about sex and rear ends Yeah, it's wrestling with myself Some know him as Scotty O'Shea And he's really into ass play Steve Brown tags along and Mello wrote the song It's wrestling with myself Wrestling with myself Sometimes he does it by himself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself On a Friday night He's got his flashlight It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies Myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Discussing wrestling in movies, drugs, hookers, and boobies. Wrestling with myself. <coughs> that was gross. All right. Clear throats, clear minds. Hearts full. Or whatever. whatever. Hey, hey. El Tornado. How you doing, man? What's going on? What do I owe this pleasure? This is going to be fun, man. Thanks so much for wanting to come on. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. You sound great. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, what... man, thanks for, uh, for reaching out. I know uh, Bill told me that uh, something I should do, so really... So Jake O'Reilly's one of the few people on planet Earth who know where to find me. <laughs> he texted me as I was driving over the Skyway Bridge in like Burlington, coming into Hamilton, and I was so giddy with excitement and the wind being uh, that high in elevation, I could have sworn off the. I was close to swerving off the road because I was. Uh, what am I saying? I pulled over to text back. What am I saying? Take that. I, uh, scratch all that. But yeah, dude, I'm I'm fucking really stoked for this. So, are you from? Are you in Sudbury right now? I am, yeah. And have you lived there since birth? You've always been there? Yeah. Yeah. Even all the traveling I did, I always just traveled to here. Like, I, you know, I, I could have moved to make things easier for the wrestling. However, you know, we had a family and stuff, so, like, if, if we move away and, and I go on the road, then my wife's alone. Whereas sure. here, you know, the whole, you know, both sides of my family are here. Her, her family's here. And when I go on the road, I'm the only one who's put out. So, to me, that works better. That's fair, yeah. That, that, that's a good point. How how long does it take you to get to, like, Toronto? Four hours. Four hours. Jesus. And that's probably, like, where most of the shows are. I know you promote up in your area, but really. Yeah, I, I'm always on the road, man. And, and I like it, though. I love the travel, for sure. But I'm always four hours away from everybody. I usually pick up a crew in Barrie, but three hours. 
and, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. How long have you been involved for now? You you got to be way over twenty years, no? Yeah, I'd say twenty six years, I think. Woo. Twenty six, yeah. So, dare I ask the question? How old would that put you right now? I just actually turned forty nine. Wow, and that that's incredible because. Yeah, I know I haven't seen you in a while, and the pandemic's taken something out of everybody, but last time I saw you, you weren't that much younger, and you were the most energetic, funny guy in the locker room. I get pretty excited. <laughs> I get, the ADD comes out a lot when I get around workers. I get pretty silly. It's so. incredible. It's infectious. I look at you. You're bounced around the ring so much. I know guys that won't bounce around the ring that much during the match, and you're doing it just to pop the boys before the doors even open. Yeah. Yeah, luckily I haven't gotten injured before the show. <laughs> it's bound to happen, though. Incredible. I'm a big believer, though, like staying silly and staying limber like that. That's what keeps you young. It has to. Oh, man. You know what it is? It's you guys. It's, it's, it's going to shows and seeing you guys. And, like, I don't want to be the guy who, you know, oh, it's Mark. Oh, God, what's he doing here? You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that I come in and make everybody laugh. Everybody, you know, we work together. We do, like, you and I worked, actually, probably the last time. Saw each other, yeah. Right? I and actually it was a lot of fun, and you have to lead me through a little bit because I'm, I'm used to gouging people with, uh, with forks nowadays. But, uh, <laughs> I but actually, yeah, that was it was a lot of fun, man. I just I went back. It. I was because I was watching a bunch of your stuff on YouTube, and that match popped up. And I typically hate watching anything I'm involved in. Like I always say, my own personal hell is just my matches played on loop for me to watch for all of eternity. <laughs> And I watched that yeah. one. I typically hate everything, and I had a blast watching it. For one, we're both wearing, you're wearing that, like, yellow, gray, and black Terry Funk singlet. Yeah. I, I'm wearing my yellow and black Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it looked like. And you had me... I think me, we said that. I think I might have said that to you during the match. You did. You had me cracking up in the match. You can see me crack <laughs> multiple times. match. Look at us. <laughs> You said so many funny things. Like, I think you'd pin me once, and I kicked out, and you said, stop kicking out, and you didn't even say it loud. It was like a joke just for me and, like, the referee, and I died. And then you kept saying, stop fighting back, and at one point you said it when you were beating me up, and I hadn't even hit you for a while. Like, I was dying watching it. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was, like, hilarious. You know what, I always think like all of types of entertainment, but wrestling specifically, is if you're not having fun and, and, and enjoying what you're doing in the ring, whether you're telling a, a serious story or you're doing a ha-ha match, but in either way, if there's if, if you don't want to be there, people know. Yeah. You know, it's like seeing a band, right? Like when bands reunite after they hate each other for years <laughs> and they reunite. And then you know that they all are staying in different hotels, and you know they all flew in on different airplanes. Sure. And then they get on stage, and you can tell there's there's no energy anymore. Yeah, it's just dead. Energy is that so, yeah, weird I, thing. I, I think that way about about all types, of, but wrestling especially. Like if you don't believe what you're doing, yeah, regardless of the of the tone of the match, then nobody gives a damn. And I love it too because when I play heel. Uh, like, if I'm giving heat or something, I know we're getting very inside here, but who cares? When I'm giving heat, there's sometimes, like, a lull in the crowd of, like, an, a response. They're just watching, and I start to clam up. So I will always throw in, like, zingers or something once in a while, just to, like, just so I can hear some kind of reaction. 
And that's like exactly what you were doing. And it was killing me. And you were doing it much better than me because you were still making me look like the baby face. I fall in the trap of becoming almost stealing the thunder from the baby face because I'm getting caught up in my own laughs and trying to like ride that wave where I'm actually stealing from the baby face. No, you had it. So they were laughing at you and then still cheering for me. It was pretty incredible. That's cool, man. That's great. But, but you know what? It takes two to tango. And, and, and once again, you know, like if it's just, it's the story that's being told. And if you can make it work in a way, like I like doing comedy, probably because it's the hardest thing to do. Me too. I'm a big fan. You know? Yeah. And, and then, so if you can get that, if you can get people to still boo you, but be entertained, you know, that's, that's, that's a really good place to be. I like playing the, the I like being a scary guy as well. And I can do that. I, I, uh, Tyler Turbin and I had a match not too long ago where, where it got pretty scary. <laughs> but that's what it's all about, right? It depends on what emotion I'm feeling that day. And I like how you said you play the heel. I'm always the heel. But 24-7 heel. I don't like anybody. I don't like the people who work in my bank. I don't like the bus driver. I don't like anybody. So it's perfect. So how long have you been doing it now? You're 49. You said you've been doing 26 years. I can do the math. But like, yeah. when did you first get the bug? I've always had the fun. Like, pro wrestling was my, you know, uh, we used to get international wrestling out of Quebec to come to Sudbury. Okay. So we'd see the, yeah, they had a deal with AWA. So I'd see the Road Warriors, I'd see Rick Martel, Dino Bravo, uh, the Long Riders, like, you know, you name it. It was, it was oh, King Tonga, like all these guys would nice. come here. And uh, they'd come every two weeks and sell the place out. And then they had a TV show uh, Saturday afternoon at two in the afternoon. So you kept up to date. And they had like some of the worst names of all time because they were French Canadians. You had like Gilles the Fish Poisson, <laughs> Louis the Farmer Laurent, right? But you knew who they were because they were on TV. So sure. when you saw them, you're like, oh, that guy's a heel. You know, and you just had, and, and the, the stories they told, they're great. You know, Rick Martel in his prime, he, like he was AWA champion, right? Incredible. Get much better than that. So I just, but I just always thought I was too small, yeah. right? And so I was, uh, but I was pretty athletic. I played a lot of football, a lot of hockey. Uh, track and field, I wrestled a little bit. And then uh, once high school was over, I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> I got nothing left. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and then uh, I actually went to an indie show, the only indie show I've ever been to at that time. And I met Tyson and I met Scott Demore that day. <laughs> and, uh, no kidding. And I was bigger than both of them, so it was great. <laughs> so I just, and they just pointed me in a direction of a school, and, and, uh, and that was it. And Holy. then the second I saw the ring, I just, I just freaking fell in love. Wow, I didn't know. I knew you and Tyson had history. I didn't know it was like day one. It went back that far. That's incredible. Yeah, I met him day one. He's got about six months on me in the business, maybe eight months. But he was pretty young. I think he was 16 when I met him. Wow. And then so, where did they point you to go train? So I went to uh, Ike Shaw's okay. famous ICW wrestling school. Yep. Okay. However, the difference between me and most of the other people is I was, I was like, graduated high school. I wasn't, I wasn't, because I didn't know the wrestling business at all. Like, I was, I was uh, green in that aspect, but I, in life, you know, I was married, for goodness sake. Like, I knew what the hell was going on. So, I went down there, and I got bamboozled by the ring. Yep. And, uh, so I met Tyson down there. He was there at the time as well. And then Jack Gammons, of course, was there. And so, it was us three. And, uh... Oh God, this guy, uh, he, his gimmick was the Pitbull Jared, Pitbull Jared Caldwell. Does that ring a bell? Not really. Hardcore wrestling all the time. 
And then uh, who else? Uh, Marco Malakias. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so he was there at the time. So anyways, I uh, went down and the trainer that, uh, at that particular time was uh, was Joe Legend. And he was living there. I think he was dating some nurse who lived in, in Cambridge. So, so that's why he was there. And so, uh, But we lived there. That was the biggest difference between that and uh, other people training, you know, twice a week. Like we trained every day, wow. every single day. As long as we could get Joe up, he liked to sleep in the floor. So, you know, and, and so when I first got down there, I'll always remember this, man. So I went down there the first time. I saw the ring. I saw the whole facility. There was nobody in it, not a soul. And I'm like, I'm hooked, right? So I put half the money down, went back to the packed everything up, drove back up, and then Tyson was waiting for me right when I parked my car. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, did you pay? And I go, yeah, why? He goes, it's a sham. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> It's a what? And he goes, yeah, all that stuff he told me, it's, it's not real. I'm like, oh, my God. Then I got my first, I got work the first day in the business. So basically down the street, King Street in Cambridge, I went down the street, there's a park, and I sat there for about four hours. <laughs> and he's thinking, like, now what? And then I just decided I'm going back. I'm getting everything out of that dude, as, like, as much as I can get out of him. And uh, out of Mike Shaw, that is. Yep. And then... Uh, I'm done, and and, I, and that's what I did. And, and because we lived there, like I said, we trained every freaking day. So we had, you know Ronnie the Boot guy? Yes. Ron Davies? So he was a worker back in the day, and uh, you can watch him on, like, George Cannon, Superstars of Wrestling, stuff like that. So he would train us all in, in all of the holds and that, so it was lock-ups and holds and counter-holds, and from, you know, the, the smaller throws, like Fireman's Carry, stuff like that, probably Body Slam. Yep. And then Joe Legend would run us through the regular rigmarole. Sure. And then uh, after Joe left, like the day Joe left, Carla Duke showed up. Oh, right on. And and he was fantastic. Like, what a character. What a freaking, that guy is made for pro wrestling. <laughs> you know, as nutty as they come, but a great wrestler and a really good teacher. And so actually, because we were living there, I only trained for about two months, and that was it. And I just hit the road, and that was it. Done. Well, yeah, if you're if you're training essentially 24-7, that, yeah, that's like six months of training at least. Yeah, it's like a camp, right? Yeah. It's like a camp. That's incredible. So, and yeah, is this the place? I always get it confused. I've asked this question to people before. Is this with the ring that was upstairs? Yes. Okay, and then there was those apartments in the back or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We all lived in the apartments, and for some, what's really funny is downstairs was a bank. <laughs> so, can you imagine? You're in the bank and you're bumps. You'd think robbers are trying to get through the ceiling to get to the safe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. And then what? Did you just have the smarts to know, okay, it's time to get book places? Like, did you have an inn anywhere? Yeah, well, well, because uh, part of the, the allure of this place was like that we were going to get all these jobs, right? Yep. That we were going to work all this, and we're doing all this stuff. And of course, we worked a total of zero times <laughs> for ICW stuff. So. Yeah, I just branched out and, and, and started to meet people. But I, I was green, man. Like, you have no idea. I had no idea how this ran. Um, you know, the internet wasn't even a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't even... So it wasn't like... So I just like went by word of mouth, found out where people were. And, and then uh, I think the, <laughs> the first place I was... I don't know if this is before your time, but there's this guy named Bob Woods out of Hamilton. Oh, I know him well. Yeah, there you go. So I wrestled for him lot <laughs> for free of course but he kept me busy i was busy i was in the ring all the time so if 
that point in time, I just kept my mouth shut and I just wanted to, to get some time in. Like, when I came from the school, man, where I didn't care about a gimmick, I didn't care about any of that stuff. I just wanted to wrestle. I didn't even have gear. I didn't have, I was wearing other people's wrestling shoes. I was wearing other people's, like, I wore a mask back then. So I just wore people, like, this guy had a, a mask, that guy's got a mask. I just wore stuff. I, yeah. I didn't even care. I, I just, just, just wanted to wrestle. That's it. That's I all still I cared. feel I mean, like still that. I care about. Yeah, that, I, I'm very similar in that, like, I don't really have aspirations of doing much wherever wrestling takes me. Hooray. But I just want to wrestle. I don't care if it's in front of nobody. Yeah. Like, that. that's really what gets my rocks off. And then, I'm almost lucky in that well, you know, way, but it's also a curse. Yeah, like, and then the road appealed to me because I've, I've been, uh, I'm a musician as well. And I used, I played in bands since I was 16. So I was always on the road with a, with a band at some point. So I did all that stuff. So being on the road was easy peasy. It, was, it felt like home. So yeah. there's no big deal there. And, and t- talking about music and talking about what you were saying, I remember one time in Subby, of course, snowstorm, right? And there's Ted Nugent at the Subby Arena. <laughs> and huge snowstorm, and there's like 700 people there in this in this big place because of the snowstorm. And he freaking played like if the place was full. Oh, and I that's... feel the same way. Like if there's only eight people there, well, guess what? Every, if those eight people aren't having fun by the time I'm done. I didn't do my job. Yeah, They deserve it. They're the poor bastards who came in here. And, you know, and if I can't, and that's how you learn. If you can entertain eight people, then you can entertain 8,000 people with no problem. I've said that many times. First off, that's so inspiring. I love to hear when guys just go, they don't care. But I've always said, like, not that I've ever worked in front of huge crowds, you know. I've just worked in front of, like, bigger indie crowds. But I always think it's more rewarding when you get, like, a crowd of 12 people that's dead to come alive during your match, that's much more rewarding than getting a big crowd that's there to have fun anyways. Yeah, the big crowds are almost uh, cold. You know, you don't get the, the feedback that you want to get. I think you can. Yeah, sure, absolutely. You're allowed to. Because <laughs> I think a lot of the bigger places, they don't even allow you to really interact with the crowd. You just walk down like you're in a tunnel. Yes, that's true you too. you 10 moves and you walk back up, you know? <laughs> So now about your band, because I was trying to research as much as I could before we did this. And then I stumbled upon your IMDB, which is always a a funny thing to find. And it said, I was going to bring this up, but you kind of led me in it. You was your band called the regulators. Yeah. Well, that's one of them. Yeah. Okay. Cause it says right here, which is hilarious. Okay. Let me just find it. Uh, the band gained notoriety for inciting the famous Haywater or Hayweeder riot of 1993. What is that about? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny eh, is that I don't know about like I don't. I've done like some movie stuff and, and I've done a lot of like uh, there's a stunt crew that was actually from the north for all the productions that are done here in the north. Oh, right. I started on. doing stunt work and and so I, you know the stuff started building up, but I never ever. Like did anything, uh, you know, on on the internet because I don't I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. So when somebody's like, "Hey, your IMDb says this or that," I'm like, "I don't know." Somebody can edit it, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. But yeah, that's true. Though yeah, the Regulators was was one of the bands. It was a really good band, three piece blues band with a freaking scorching guitar player. That's wild. Well, uh, you must have been pretty good if you. You must have been pretty good or really bad to incite a riot, at least. So there is something there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of, well, it's like pro wrestling, right? You go town to town, you freaking, uh, you, 
you go in front of people, you perform, and then you go to the next town. That's what we did. Uh, I actually, that's, that's why wrestling was just a, the, the beauty of wrestling for me, though, was um, only I could screw it up. I didn't want to be in a band where, you know, this guy's having a having a hissy fit, so we can't do this. Sure. Like, I wanted this thing, if it's going to fail, it's going to be all on my back. Yep. You Full know, responsibility. Up until, you know, they shut down the world because of the flu. Other yeah. than that, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I actually make the comparison a lot because I never tell people I'm a pro wrestler, but eventually, like the guys I work with, it gets out eventually. And then you get the questions we've all heard a million times before. And they'll always ask me how often I do it. And it always surprises them when I, it's more often than they think because they're like, oh, like I'll be wrestling down the street from my work some weeks and they will not have he even heard of this show happening. And I'll say, yeah. it's kind of like what I imagine like the band circuit is like. I'm sure within any 10-kilometer radius at any time, there's 10 bands playing at 10 different bars. But unless you're kind of searching it out and in that scene, you wouldn't know. That's right. And I've always thought about it That's like right. that. And I think that just uh, pads it a little better for me when I keep going to shows and nobody's there to see me. <laughs> yeah. I got a quick story. It might have been two years ago. Uh, Chris Thorne called me. He was in the, uh, a couple of towns up by North Bay, and he's running a show. And he's like, hey, man, you know, Thorne's been amazing through the years. So he's always filling in the spot to keep me busy, so I really appreciate it. So I go down there, and there was not too many people. Mm -hmm. But I was so excited. I wrestled the singles. I wrestled the tag. <laughs> right? And then I, I did something else, too. I don't know what the hell it was. But, I, you know, I mean, just had such a good time. I met all these new guys because, like, you know, it's hard sometimes to meet new people. I don't, I don't know a lot of people, and right? I've been there for so long. But it, once you, like, I started promoting. So once I start promoting, you stop getting booked by other guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that you know, and, and I understand. But uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I got to meet some new people. We got a bunch of guys booked, and we did our next show, uh, rock solid show in Wasaga Beach, and then they shut it down. So yeah. That was, you know, it was, uh, we had some, it was just fun because I got to get out there and, and meet people. And there was not a lot of people there. But I still, it didn't stop me from taking a million bumps before the show, entertaining everybody. And then <laughs> and then do the singles, do the tag, do whatever the hell else I did at the end. And then, you know what I mean? I just, I just love the business. I love this. I love that too because I get a real, I get bitter with the older guys that are bitter about wrestling. Like, nobody's making you do this. Nobody's forcing you to be here. We're not getting paid great. Yeah. If you want to leave, buzz off, bud. There's somebody that will happily take your spot. Because I'm still... I've never hit that that valley in my like life where I didn't enjoy it. I've always just been like over the moon with it. And I love talking to guys that feel the same way. Well, I just... To me, too, like I want to learn every time I get in the ring. Yeah. You know, so even when you and I worked last time, I, I'm glad you, you ran me around a bit doing some some faster stuff because I, I, that kept me sharp. I loved it. You know, you know, like you you threw something at me and it was a curveball. Because like, it's easy for me to come in right every day and go, hey, man, we're not doing this. We're yeah. not doing that. We're not doing this. You know, and just make you do the, you know, like the honky-tonk man match. Back in the day <laughs> you do not. Kick me. You do not kick me. You do not touch me. Here's a rope. You take this rope. You choke me with this rope. You know, like, and then there was like, the and, and so be it, right? Because that, that guy will go to Indy to Indy to Indy doing personal appearances. You've yep. got to work whoever. He doesn't know who these guys are. Yep. Right? So you probably learned the hard way. Oh, absolutely. Some of these dudes. 
My yeah, favorite. like, but I, you know, I like to always stay, um, stay sharp in the way that I'm, I'm always going to improve. I have to improve or else I'm done. Dude, that's so inspiring to hear, especially at your age, just like still wanting to go because you're the guy I want to be. Not even like well, take away even the good wrestler. I just want to be the good time in the locker room. If I could just be that, I'd be more than happy. You know what, man? You just you attract people, uh, you know, who, who have the same energy as yourself at the end of the day. You know, and that's where rock solid wrestling came from, by the way. It was just being in change rooms going like, I don't belong here, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and looking around, going, "Oh boy!" You know, and so then I, you know, we put together a good crew that that likes to travel, that hits the road, and and guys who've been all over the place, and <clears throat> you know, a seasoned locker room to be the core of the of the of the, of the crew, and then and then fill in the spot. Which, by the way, we got to get you on board. I'd love to anytime. I'm a you know, whore. Jake I'll come in for cheap. Darko. Cody Diener, Daddy Davis, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Like, give me a break. That dude is, is so good, you know? I think it was uh, Josh Alexander. He had been working PWA before the shutdown yeah. for a couple of years, and uh, I know Davis works there a lot, too, and he puts Davis over all the time. Oh, yeah. I don't think all I've worked on for... I, I don't think me and Davis has really hooked up in probably close to 15 years when we were both terrible. He was much better than me back then, but we were still so new. And yeah, the stuff I've seen, it's just, he became like this super over strong style wrestler. It was, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Blue tights and blue boots. Love it. And away you go. Yeah. <laughs> I always, we always, I always, he's got the best boots in pro wrestling. If you ever see those boots, they're blue with the gold, with the gold stripes up the, up the laces. Oh yeah. Those are the best boots. We'll be in a in a battle royal, and I'll attack him trying to take his boots. <laughs> like if, every time I see him, or sometimes when I pay him, I pay, his envelope says uh, Davis's boots. <laughs> That's what's getting the pay. Yeah, yeah, because the, the boots get booked. Davis just comes along. He's got the boots have to get to the show somehow, <laughs> right? So as long as the boots are there, so. Let me ask you this, which I've always been curious about, and I think I may have put it together once you said you were wearing a mask for a while. Where did you come up with El Tornado? Oh, man. Like I said, I, I didn't give a damn. So, uh, right before I... Well, okay, I shouldn't say that. The first time I had... Uh, even uh, I think Tyson wore this mask. A couple of guys wore this mask. Was, I was El Tigre for a while. Okay. Because around the indie circuit was this freaking smelly carpet, uh, like tiger mask looking thing with no nose in it which was terrible but it was made of real carpet so you oh. can imagine how nice and, and snug that one um and then the whole tornado thing came because i got the, a silver mask done uh with gene simmons makeup on it oh right way. on okay kind of neat and then uh i was just gonna wrestle and they're like what do you what do you call i'm like i don't i don't know <laughs> you know and the guy's like so tornado is zorro's horse and that, that's what I named that. Oh, right on. That's awesome. I didn't put that together at all. I've never put that together. Yeah. And then they just put the L there because all the luchadors are hot. Yeah, of course. And at the time, I was one of the smaller guys in the card. So I was doing all the flips and all the stuff to the floor and all that. I was doing all that stuff. Which is hilarious because now you're an above si like above average size wrestler by quite a bit. Yeah. How times change. Yeah. And I, well, what's kind of nice is that I can pull that stuff out. I wrestled... Uh, John Atlas is another really, really good talent. Love him. And uh, he's big enough 
that I'd give him a, I gave him a flying head scissors. Like I dove off the top rope and gave him a hurricane rana. Oh yeah. So they, that was just like a couple of years ago. So I, I still pull those things out when I'm wrestling someone who's <laughs> take. Like uh, Showtime has done all day long. That oh, yeah. as strong as a ball. I could do that to him all day. But a lot of people, like, there's no way, right? Yeah, you need that strong so, uh, post. Yeah. And when did you and Tyson decide to start up, like, as a team? Was that well, years when in? I got down to the school, well, I got up to the school, yep. and then we hung out a bit, and then he took off and went back home. And then, uh, and, and at that point, he'd already been wrestling a couple of shows here and there. Uh, and I'm not sure, but I, you'd have to ask him, but I think he was, uh, when you hear Edge and Christian talking about Rhino going nuts in the, uh, in the Tony Candelo tour. Yeah, oh yeah. He's... Tyson was there. Oh, really, eh? Yeah, he was working that. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. But anyways, he used to do a, he did a couple of those. So he had gone back to, uh, to Halifax, and then, uh, and then me and Jack Gamage, me and him, and we just worked uh, the Indies all the way. And then finally, Tyson made his way back, and we never went back to the school. That was it. He, just, he moved in, I think, with Jack Gamage. Okay. And just the three of us just traveled like crazy. And those two guys were tagged. Oh, really? So I didn't know that. Jack Damage and Tyson were tagged team, and I was uh, single. I did not know that. Yeah, and then, uh, and then, like everybody, like a lot of people, your Jane Champagnes and your guys like that. They oh get, yeah. Their chance, they go, uh, they, go, they get their chance at the Fed, and then it's not what they think it is, and then they're like, forget it, I'm done. Because a lot of people, once you get to that point. Uh, where you, let's say you go to the WWE for a trial and they just make you a cop or something. Sure. They have a hard time recovering from that, right? Because <laughs> not too many people have what it takes to just keep going back and going back. And so, um, they, and, and they also felt like, you know, they, I don't think they liked what they saw back there, like mm-hmm. at that at that level. So when I, when they came back, like, why am I doing this? Right. And I understand that 100%. Still happens to this day all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so Jack Damage quit the business. I think five years in, he had a five year plan, and he's the only dude I know <laughs> who did the five year plan. God bless and him. Cashed out. Wow. Yeah, and then so it was just Tyson and I after that. So we continued to travel all over the damn place, and then, and then uh, Scott Moore put us together as a tag team. Yeah, because we just took off from there, and it was, it was great. Yeah, like, you guys were the tag team. You have a tag partner, so you know how. Um, it is. It is like you do know what he's gonna do. Absolutely. I, you, you have that. that, that and we tagged nothing long. Oh, jeez. I, I forget what show it was, but it was for a different, for another promoter, not for myself. And they just wanted us to tag, so we didn't, and it was still there. It was awesome. Yeah. There's been times when me and Alex are wrestling somebody and we just start putting a match together and one of us will be like, so I had this idea for an ending and we're spot monkeys. So it's like a long drawn out ending, of course, with tons of stuff. And either me or Alex will explain it out and I'll just be like, that is so crazy. I was thinking the exact same thing or vice versa. It really is that simpatico you have if you have good chemistry with a tag team partner. Yeah, like one of the coolest things that happened for us was we got the tag in uh for the Fed in a dark match at the Air Canada Center. And that was really, really cool. That is so poof. Yeah. That is a lot of people. Pardon me? That is a lot of people too. Yeah, it was great. And what was cool is that uh, we got to the we got to the show, and then uh, 
Michael Hayes was waiting for him. He goes, hey, you guys are a tag team, right? Goes, yeah. Okay, come here, work with these two guys. So it was Tyson Tomko and, uh, the hell was his name? Seven, but he did the Mordecai thing after. Oh, yeah, okay. So those two guys were, were probably in developmental, I'm pretty sure. But <clears throat> So we, we worked out a tag match. They were big dudes, of course, so we, we played the size game and played the size game. And, uh, yeah, and then, and then we were able to, put them over the way we, we thought they should be put over and it was, it was great and then that was in a, that was like I think in Ohio or whatever and then we came to, to Toronto and then they said hey tag team go in there and wrestle these two and who was it it was freaking uh, Larry Destiny and, and Sin it was perfect oh right? wow yeah so it was, it was great so it's not like meeting somebody brand new here right? it was freaking so it was really good and then we got to get we uh they go, what's your finish? And so we used to do this finish where Tyson would give the guy a backdrop, mm-hmm. sorry, a backbreaker, hold him, and I'd do a double springboard leg drop. Classic tornado. I love that. Okay. So I go like, boom. And that's, that's what we called it between the two of us was boing, boing, leg drop. That's what it's called. <laughs> but because we, like, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Kung Fu movies, so then it turned into the Viva Chiba. That's what we used to call it. Viva <laughs> Chiba. It's the name of a funny Chiba movie. So, when we're talking to the guy, they'd never let us do this, right? There's no way. So when when the uh, when the 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 agents come up, they go, "What's your finish?" You go, "Oh, it's a leg drop." I did. You know, like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> right? And so we did the match. It was great, and then you know it was short too, so it was real nice and fast and hot. And then finally, here comes the back figure. I did the double springboard leg drop, and the place went crazy. <laughs> So that was cool. And then to make things even funnier, we were doing a, a dark match in Halifax maybe two weeks later, and I took that finish from the FBI. Oh, really? <laughs> they didn't do the double springboard. They just did the backdrop and gave me the leg drop. I'm like, hmm, that looks familiar. <laughs> Wonder where you lifted that from. <laughs> yeah, they probably punished us because I told them we were just doing a freaking leg drop. I just thought of one of... the leg drop. No big deal. I just thought, I remember, I think... Me and Alex were supposed to work, you and Tyson, at Squared Circle once, but Alex got hurt okay. and the match got changed. But I remember, like, where I was in the building when you explained it to me. I'm not lying. I haven't laughed like this in so long. You described to me that you and Tyson used to fuck with guys when you'd tag with them, and you'd get in and do a double whip, and as the guy was running to hit the ropes, you and Tyson would just run alongside him looking at him. <laughs> yeah. That visual yeah. is so funny. If if you guys tried that on me, I would feel... So, uh, I don't even know what I would think. I would think I'd fucked up. I think you guys are fucked up. I think I'm having a mushroom trip. I wouldn't know what to do. Well, like, once again, you gotta have, you gotta have fun, man. That's the thing. That shit kills me. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but I met you and Bruno... And I freaking wanted to adopt you and bring you home. Yes, I, I do. Like when I, the first time I met you, I was like, you guys are the best. And, I, and we tagged. Yep. You're my bodyguard. Yes. <laughs> I was so, I wanted to take that on the road, man. <laughs> I was so into you guys. I loved every second of it. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Was that GCW in Oshawa? I think so, yeah. I just remember, too, because you were like, I felt super insecure for years because I was undersized and whatnot. And I thought people didn't want me around. And I, I just never met you. Like I was around for a couple of years and I had never met you. And I just assumed you're one of the older guys. You're going to hate me. And you just took a liking to us immediately. And it was just like, 
This is incredible. We, I remember like riding that high. Bring you home and feed you. Yeah, that's all we could talk about on the entire ride home because I'm pretty sure we were both nervous about meeting you. And then it was just like anything we were scared of. It was the exact opposite. It was we were fast friends. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, but you guys got it. You guys had fun with your side. Like I had no problems with whatever side. That's why I pro wrestling awesome because it's yeah. fun for everybody. But you have to make your size fit. It's the bill. So yes. if I'm going to take a shoulder tackle from the giant, I'm going to be in the front row, mm-hmm. right? If I if a smaller guy's going to need shoulder tackle, I might not even bump. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah. it's, to me, that's that's how the realism I like to throw at it, and people can say whatever, but I don't care. No, I think so, that's necessary. Yeah, well, and, and we worked. I think I was using the bodies as weapons and shit. Does that ring a bell? Yes. Yes. Was well, I not like jousting with you guys? <laughs> 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 yeah, I think I that's know, what it was. It was awesome, anyways. I, I totally wanted to take this on the road. And Bill, Bill uh, was like, Mark, you can't have them. You can't have them. <laughs> okay, yeah, man. Well, I like that ride home. That the elatedness we were driving home was. I almost missed those days when we were uncomfortable in every locker room, and then as soon as people didn't hate us, it was just like we felt like we won the world title. It was like small victories nonstop. Yeah. But you know what? That's part of like you hate to say, like, oh man, sorry you had such a hard time or whatever, but isn't that how you build character? Oh, one hundred percent, yeah. You don't notice it at the time, but Yeah. Like like why should you be welcome? Especially in a, in a place where you literally put your life in other people's hands. Yeah. You know? I and I, I, I totally believe in that because that's what makes you who you are, right? You gotta go through those, those pitfalls and stuff, and then you earn your you earn your keep, right? Oh yeah, I remember. Um, and then pro wrestling, right? It's the best world of all time. Like, yes, you can't meet uh, better people. You can't. You'll never meet characters like this. You'll never meet people who will literally give the shirt off your back. Literally, and I've seen it legit. You know. Yep. And 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 uh, and and you know, and people like I said, all stripes, all whatever. You're all welcome. Everybody's welcome, man. That's the thing. It's you a know? circus, so everyone has a spot. Just be a good dude. That's right. Now, you and Tyson worked like the Fed. I feel like you guys were essentially paid regulars. Yeah. Like, yeah. how did you get on that? Was it just you were such a good hand that it, you were welcome at every show? Were you booked? I think so. I think we just kept getting lucky and getting booked. Like, you know, so it started off, it was Bobby Roode first, and him and this guy Larry Destiny from, from, uh, from Windsor. And then I got on, so it was the three of us, and then Tyson got on, and it was the four of us, and then Larry kind of dropped off. And then uh, Showtime kind of came on, and then <clears throat> and then I was kind of, when he came on, I think we might have done two trips together, and then there's a famous donut eating contest, we could talk about, we won't get into that. <laughs> and then it was famous, Bobby Roode was the, was the referee, and he was a harsh, harsh referee on the donut. So... Uh, yeah, so we did, uh, we, we got booked anywhere in Canada, and then, so Quebec, like, they flew us to Halifax, and did a bunch of stuff like that. Oh, wow. Then we did all around Lake Michigan. So, you know, there's all the stops in Ohio, you have Detroit, and then Chicago, right, way at the tail end, and Green Bay up the other side, and, to, and then, so it was just, it was just a wacky, wacky time, and lots of travel, um, and, you know, lots of really awesome experiences, but. That's living the dream. I think, I think, yeah, yeah, but I think it might, like, 
if anybody kind of got screwed over, it was Tyson, because that dude was so over. Like, nobody knew who he was. Like, nobody knows who we are, right? Yep. Of course. But, and that's what I believe at the Indies, too. Like, when I come out, I don't care where I am, I reintroduce myself to the crowd every single time. I never expect that you know who I am or what I do. Mm-hmm. So the second I come out, I start from zero. I love that, so, That's important. Tyson would come down the ramp, and I would swear to God, we're just fucking jobbers, right? And he'd come down, and he would get the fourth loudest pop of the night, right? And, and this is like where people pop for just the jumbotron, right? And somebody's got a jumbotron entrance, they pop. Like he would come down, no jumbotron, and, and people would go crazy. You know, and he did his little jiggeroo and whatever, but he's just, he could light up the room, man. It was crazy. And then he had that unfortunate incident there where, uh, where he tore his ACL. Was, it, was that with Jindrak? Uh, that was with Jindrak, yeah. And... But, like, that dude, like, at that time, like, I, I couldn't believe it. And he'd entertain everybody. Like, I'll tell you a good story. We're in Halifax. And, uh, and one thing we've always done was, I've done in Titan, of course, and, and Jake O'Reilly's like this, and, you know, it's all the guys that, that of, of, of our group here. And, and the second somebody says, Who's, who can do this? You always put your hand up. I'll do it, right? <laughs> yep. Right? So it's like, who, who wants to wrestle uh, Kane? It's like, I'll do it. <laughs> and there's so many people there who don't put their hands up. And I've always been like, why are you here? Yep. Right? Are you just here because you want to like take a picture of yourself next to the WWE sign or something? Sadly, like, that's probably it. Well, mate, yeah. So we'd always do stuff. And so the, the coolest thing that I've ever seen Tyson do was uh, he wrestled Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. On, so we were doing... Uh, might have been Matt Hardy or might have been uh, Pavel Guerrero. It was like Shotgun Saturday Night or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. Or, or Metal or whatever the fuck they called it. So he's coming up the ramp. I'm going down the ramp. I'm here wrestling. Uh, I was wrestling uh, Lewinsky. Oh, I just watched that match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm coming back up the ramp. Tyson was going back down. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, they need to kill time, so I'm going to go wrestle Jamie Noble for 10 minutes. I'm like, what? That's awesome, right? And you could have heard a pin drop back there from the guys. Like, I was I was in the ring, but when, apparently they're like, Look, we got to kill some time. Who's going to wrestle Jamie Noble? Like, I'll do it. Like, not even guys who are assigned to developmental. Wow. The ball to go in there. And a guy like Jamie yeah. Noble, too, like... Oh, yeah. You could be a broomstick. He's going to carry you to a good match. Don't worry. The deal, we're all workers. Yeah. Who's going to work this guy? I'll do it. Who's going to work that guy? I'll do it. You know, <laughs> what's the big deal? So we do. There's so many people are concerned. And, and you know what? Maybe that's my downfall, right? Maybe that's why I never have to do this for a living, uh, just because of that attitude. So, yeah. And I just don't know any other way to do it. <laughs> so that's just it. I don't, I don't that. feel bad. I had great experiences and shit, but, but maybe that was it. Maybe I was too... It was too easy for, for me to, to bump. Cause I, I'll tell you the story, too, is um, we got to training some people who were in developmental. Because you go there at noon, yeah. we do this stuff in the ring, and you work with people, and then the agents go, hey, work with this guy on that, will you? And they're like, yeah, man, sure. You know, I'm all excited. <laughs> and then at the end, like after four years, I'm like, yeah, teach it to him yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it did get a little weird at the end, man. That's incredible, crazy. though. They were literally using you as like trainers. I, I don't, and, and you know, whatever. They probably don't even remember the Christ we were, right? So I'm not, I'm not saying that we were 
anything special. I, I, we were there all the time. <laughs> and, and I think one year we did eight, I want to say 18. I'm wow. not sure. But I want to say 18. That's more matches than That's some guys under contract get in a year. Going back to that Chris Nowinski match, it's on YouTube, you can yeah. find it. You take, dare I say, the dirtiest clothesline bump I have ever fucking seen. Yeah, man. Holy... I freaked him out with that. I freaked him out. He, lo- he was like, oh, he even said it in the ring. They cut out a lot of stuff there. He had done... So, okay, to go back to that time, that's when things were going really well. Yep. And I don't know if you remember, but he, he cut a promo on me. Mm-hmm. Right? So how many guys who are not signed at all or, or just jobbers, why, why would they ever spend time doing a mic spot on a guy who doesn't, who's nothing, right? So when that was going on, that's when we were like, oh man, this is the week, this is it. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, we actually did some stuff at the beginning where cause he did the Harvard thing and, and then he's like, oh, you know, wrestle me. So we did like this like, headlock takeover get again, scissor out, you know, and then I do it to him and he'd get all mad. So they had censored all that stuff out. We did work for quite a while. Oh, wow. But that clothesline was, um, yeah, that was, that was just really good editing. But yeah, I, just, I did the flip up, right? I, I did a, like a moonsault kind of Flips thing. Flips saying it a little gingerly, you land directly on top of your head and you float over. <laughs> yeah, man. It's incredible. I swear, I watch a lot of wrestling, a lot of stiff lariats. I've seen maybe one better. And, you know, like, there's the fancy one, like the Shawn Michaels, Rikishi one, where you turn yourself inside out, and it looks great, but you know yeah. the guy's doing it. You just look like you killed yourself, yeah. and nope, you were good to go. Oh, yeah, man. That's, that's a standard tornado bump, <laughs> unfortunately. That's another thing. You were just, yeah, like, man, an uh, underrated bump guy. You know, the guy's six foot five, and he's going to close by me. That's why I'm going to take the bump, right? Yep. That's, that's what makes sense. And then I just watched, uh, I watched you and Test from Sunday Night Heat, and then... Oh, God. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. There's a tag match with the FBI. Yeah, well, that's the one where I take my, that was like the Viva Chiba finish at the end. That was me and uh, Cowboy Mike Hughes. That's who it was, yes. Or, not out west, out east, right? Yeah. Wild. And all these guys treated you well? They didn't treat you, they didn't like actually treat oh, you like a jobber? Everybody was great, man. That's Never awesome. had an issue. Never... You could see, like, the, the transformation of, like, workers. So, like, the beauty, this is my philosophy, okay? The beauty of WWE when I was a kid, that it didn't matter if you were a plumber or a a repo man or a, or a tax collector or whatever, you were still a great professional wrestler, regardless of the gimmick they give you. Mm-hmm. So the work itself was always great, okay? So you can say, oh, you know, Hockey Dog Man was the worst wrestler of all time. I happen to think he's one of the best wrestlers
the day, the first day I met you. That's how I was treated there. Yeah. Because those guys were workers. There was no attitudes. I'm sure there were, but like the, the, the stuff that I was, that, that was at, at my level, it was wonderful. Everybody was great. Yeah, you know? all professional wrestlers. Then, yeah, but then at the end of, of the, the four years, and you started seeing the OVW talent coming in, then it changed. Because then you had guys who came from uh, like a wrestling school kind of thing. And you might have had a few guys who never wrestled before. Maybe they won tough enough or something or whatever. Yeah. And then you started seeing the guys who have no idea what the hell's going on. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, I, I told the story not too long ago about, uh, you know, at the beginning, it was like, because we do uh, Raw and then SmackDown was the next day. And so the guys are on Raw be like, hey, man, here's a hotel room key. You know, we got to go to the next, we got a house show tomorrow. SmackDown's in the same building. Here's like, they give us their they give us their, their hotel. We had a free hotel, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Awesome. But that's what I would do for you as well. Yeah. Uh, at the end of, of the thing and you saw these other dudes coming in who who were not they weren't there, I don't think, because they love wrestling. They're there because they needed a job, they got a job, right? They got a good body, whatever the hell. That's a really good gymnast, I don't know what the hell you know. Yep. And so you guys get a track. So, um, they would come in and go, where are you guys from? Go, oh, from Sudbury. Or, sorry, I'm from Canada. And they go, can you drove from Canada? Like, they couldn't believe it. <laughs> right? <laughs> they couldn't believe it. Considering I, I drove to Florida for a freaking sandwich before to wrestle. Like, are you kidding me? But, like, they don't have, like, that isn't part of their life. Yes. They, don't, they don't love the business, right? And I think you can see in the, in the work what's going on right now. That's, that's exactly what's happening. Absolutely. Wow, that's you know. Once again, like I said, we were talking at the beginning. If you don't love what you're doing, you can tell. Yeah, and and, and what you're getting to is a bunch of guys. They learn their four moves, and they learn which which camera to pose to, and all that kind of stuff. And then it's the same stuff. Nobody improves. Nobody gets better. Yeah, Uh, that was the time. And if they they get fired or they they get let go, they're done. Yeah, not going to go wrestle somewhere else. (laughs) They're going to go. They go. Oh, that's over. You know, I'm going to go sell insurance now or whatever. Yeah, I remember so many guys back in that day, and they'd be like, they, they'd all come in, they were all jacked up, tanned, wear the weans, the boots, their finish would be some kind of variation of a simple neck breaker, and you're right, just like, the robotic, go to this corner, go to this corner, hit the three moves, do this pose, get out of there. Yeah. It's just like, the failed football career, I guess I'll be a pro wrestler, have no interest in it, but it's a means to an end of being rich and famous, or... Well, at least a football player knows what it's like to be to be physical. It, it, the other guys, like the, the bodybuilders and that, have no interest of ever being physical. You know, never been punched in the face before, never been in a fist fight, and they want to be pro wrestlers. I think it was Tyson the one time we were just talking about, like, I think I was talking to him about footwork. It's one of my biggest, like, pet peeves of myself. I'm very heavy-footed, and... We just got into the topic of, like, athletes and stuff and, like, how some people are... I think I brought up how we're how Chris Farley, even when he was huge, he could move. Like, he was so athletic in his movements and in his comedy and stuff. Like, he was an athletic big yeah. dude. You could just tell. Yeah. And I think Tyson was the first guy that opened my eyes that... Because I thought if you spent hours in the gym like that, you're just an athlete. I don't know why. I just kind of figured that... If you're focusing on your body that much, you must be athletic. And he was like, hell no, not even close. That doesn't have anything to do with it. And then that's when I started like watching things a little closer and being like, oh yeah, Luther Reigns isn't too athletic. You're right. Yeah. But. Yeah, 100%. And then. That's why I think like like some of those, like 
like even the, the system they have now, uh, you know, <laughs> I think it's funny because there's people who are getting released right now and then they go to, let's say, uh, Impact. And I'll say, like, former superstar. I'm like, Dude, who is this guy? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's just what they call you when they get a job. I guess. I don't, I don't know. What are you just, I don't know who this guy is. We never heard of him. Yep. Right? And it's, it's so funny. It's just, it's, it's just a bizarre, it's a bizarre thing. And, and I hope it comes back to a little bit more, you know, like I want to see the, like Abdul the Butcher. I want to see Kamala. Where's Kamala? Yeah. You know, I want to see, uh, I want to see a guy who I look, who looks like he can whip my ass. I yeah, absolutely. See that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it goes back. I've always liked the sideshow aspect of pro wrestling, you know? I like the bodybuilders yeah. that look huge, but I also like the scrubs. I love, I love it all. That's kind of the fun. Variety is the spice of life. Work, right, that's the thing. There's lots of them. So why do the guys who don't know how to work and have to be taught how to work at that level? Think about it. It's like the NHL hiring a figure skater. Yes, well, so that's have, right. Yeah, you know, and they'll just be like, "Hey, listen, just do the twirly thing, and we'll work about the other stuff after." Right? Just yeah. go, you know. It just makes no sense to me. But, but you know, it is what it is. And, and, and I, a lot of times I do feel like a prehistoric stuffed moose or something <laughs> that I don't belong anymore. But, like, I just, I, and I understand that, and that's cool. But I just know that what appealed to me as a, as a kid, I think, is what appeals to anybody who gets, who gets, like, for, for example, if I was a kid today, I would not be in Florida. I would not. You know, I think I, about that all the time. If my only exposure was WWE, I would not have interest. Yeah, it is, you know, but here we are. Luckily, we're uh, not of this generation, but if you enjoy this stuff, God bless you, but it's just, it's not, hey, for, man, I like the wrestling. That's what I mean, right? Yeah. I always tell the guys, like, when, when people get mad at me, like, I'm our little group here that they get mad sometimes of, of my uh, attitude, I'm like, look, it's just, to me, pro wrestling's like metal, okay? You have death metal, hair metal, uh, you know, demon metal, Soft metal, like there's just a thousand variations of metal, <laughs> right? But every time you chip off a variation, you have a smaller audience, mm, right? That's interesting. But then the person who appeals to that whole crowd is like Metallica. So yeah. they have the biggest, they're the biggest because of that reason. They appeal to all those little subgroups, right? And pro wrestling is no different, especially now more than ever, right? You get these. People starting a fed that just do hardcore. Yep. They're going to have their fans and they're going to love it, right? But it's not going to appeal to everybody. Yeah. And by all means, have fun with that. You know, I don't care. Uh, and, and even some of the uh, the more of the high spot stuff that kind of looks a little more rehearsed and whatnot, you know, that's fine too. Because it, but, it, but it does not appeal to everybody. Yes. And I think people see that in the NXT type thing where you have a, a team that's over or a guy that's over and NXT and he goes to the main roster and like, who the hell is that? Yep. Happens every you know? time, almost. Yeah, because it's just they live, they live their, uh, you know, their little gimmick, and they wrestle in front of their friends, and that's it. And, and you don't get better that way. Yeah, that is that is yeah. a really interesting comparison with that. How, yeah, everyone can have their part and do their little niche part of pro wrestling, but yeah, it's hard to get a big wide audience. Yeah, if you're like, only I, don't, going... I don't have a job, right? So I yeah. understand. <laughs> so that. I'm the, I'm the, you know, I'm the one who didn't get it, I guess. You know? <laughs> but, <clears throat> but I look at, I look at just like hockey, like even I watch hockey and I don't, I don't care about hockey today, but when I was a kid and there's like the Boston Bruins and the, and the Habs fighting all the time, they're smoking cigarettes on the bench, you know, 
they were, they were living like rock stars. Like uh, that appeals to me, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I, and that's how I feel about my wrestling too. I love that that grit and that uh, you know, go to the next town, go to the next town. Maybe have a few wobbly pops. You got to get up in an hour and drive another ten hours. I love that. I love what it's all about for me. I love that you still love it. <laughs> oh man, I'm di- I'm dying with this with this uh, thing here, and that's why I really appreciate you reaching out and stuff. Oh, of course. It's just this is like therapy for me, you know. Now, do you still like? Do you have wrestling you still watch currently that you enjoy? Uh, well, I still watch it just because uh, if there's a ring, right? For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I watch some stuff. But um, you know, the other day I watched um, was it uh, Kamala and and Paul Orndorff against Roddy Piper and Hogan and oh, uh, Madison Square Garden. You know, and that's that's the kind of stuff. Like you know, I always remember even people making fun of the bushwhack. Right? Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, those guys suck." Blah blah. blah. Okay, whatever. And then yeah, you know, I'm watching their stuff them against the Rougeos with Jimmy Hart, and I was like, "This is the best." Yeah, <laughs> I envy them, but they got to do that kind of stuff. Like those the ha ha moments, the great Gaga it was just so good. Like and and everybody's into it. Everybody's popping like crazy. And you're telling me they suck? Why do they suck? Because everybody loves them. Is that why they suck? Yeah. And the fact that they turned their career around to work that style is why Bushwhacker, Bushwhacker Luke is still taking bookings at 75. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah, another guy. Yeah, he figured it out. That's right. And and, and it was great. Like, the stuff they did. Like, they weren't, you know, there's nothing coming off the top rope. But let me tell you, they entertained, a, a, you know, a packed Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody was on their feet. And they popped everything they did. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I, I, I just love that. I love the, the work aspect. Even though I always go back to Honky Tonk Man, he's the guy that get a fist drop and, and, a, and a neck break. Yep. <laughs> and he made a career. It's fantastic. And that's really the art, isn't it? Like, getting the most out of the yeah. least. Like, I think if you were to look up the definition of wrestling, that's right there. Getting the biggest reaction yeah. for the, like, smallest amount of movement. Well, sure. Like what, when you when you think about wrestling, what, what I love about it is that you you injure your knee, okay? Yep. But you know, it doesn't mean you have to sit out. You just you, well, you could, and that's probably the smart thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but people like like for myself, even I, I landed on my head once, and we finished the, the last remaining shows. Then I went to the hospital, right? <laughs> but that's just because I'm stupid. It has nothing to do with anything else. But, um, um. The thing I love about wrestling is you just change. Like, if I can't use my left arm for some reason, I can use my right arm. Yep. Right? If, if I can't post off, like, I remember my first big uh, injury was I broke my, my tailbone. Because uh, I took the backdrop out and on it hit the ring apron, and the ring apron was not padded. Okay. Classic so in the ring. As hard as possible, and I was bruised, like, right down my leg. And uh, so, like, once again, I just said, hey, man, I can't do this, 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 or this tonight. Okay. Yeah, right? we'll, you know. Yeah, we'll work right around it. No problem. Times, he was hurting with a he had a, a neck issue and he like literally couldn't take a bump. It's like okay, you and Andrew Davis and they uh, they did some kind of a submission thing and they didn't they, he did not even take a bump. And he, people were still on their feet. That's the, you know we've been in at shows where the rings broke and uh, the ropes are just saggy. Oh yeah. And, and it was like okay, nobody's in the ropes. Okay, <laughs> and we did the whole show and it was still great. You know, I think that kind of stuff keeps you sharp too. Those challenges, like I, 
They suck in the moment sometimes, especially if you already got a match plan and you're like, well, we're scrapping all that. But man, it keeps you sharp and creative when you're like, okay, what can we do with what we got now? And that's kind of like as I got more comfortable in the ring, I just I just do stuff that makes sense to me. So if I'm in a tag match and you come in, you're my partner and you're near me, I'm going to tag you, I'm going to tag in. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Or if the other guy comes over my way, I'm going to grab him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, don't come near me. You're stupid. Yeah. Of course I'm going to grab you. I look dumb or not grabbing. Yeah. You know? Uh, it was a funny story. I forget who's in this match, but um, it was a hot tag. And they, I don't know, I don't even remember where we were, but I tag, I'm bumping for whomever. And then I take the bump and I look over and I see the ring, the ring bell hammer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, she's right there. I grab it and I just start running around the ring with the hammer. And everybody's like, what are you doing? What's that? Like, the hammer's right there. I have to grab it, you know? Then <laughs> we worked it in somehow, and then you know the referee took it away. I was like, "What did you? You know, where's my hammer?" I turned around, the guy rolls me up one, two, three, whatever it was. I don't remember. But I just changed everything because like I just took this bump, and there's a freaking weapon right in my face. Are you kidding me? Of course, I'm grabbing it. I think that kind of goes to show like your influence on just like the older wrestling that you enjoy, though, because I feel like that stuff was more chaotic. It was you never knew what was going to happen. It was just like. Yeah. It, 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 they took opportunity if it presented itself. We're now, and I'm guilty of it. You know, I have stuff planned out, and I don't always want to deviate. Yeah. But yeah, I. You know, there's, there's. I think wrestling is full of flat toes. You know, mm-hmm. you get to a certain point, like when you first start, you kind of have like a, especially in tag wrestling, you get kind of like a formula that you follow, and you might do it for a year. Then you get brave, you're like, okay, we're going to change this, you know what I mean? And then you Absolutely. get more and more comfortable, and there's always that plateau where you get better and better and better. And uh, I remember <laughs> one of those was, uh, oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to, there's this crazy shit that goes on, that's all. I, I can't even go into it, forget it. Never mind. Feel free. I'm going to come back and tell you after. I'll tell you after. <laughs> okay, here's another thing. <laughs> Here's another thing you might not want to get into, but I've always sure. been curious because this has been the rumor and I just love to believe it because I can kind of picture it too. That yeah. night when Tyson blew out his knee with Jindrak, yeah. Jindrak walks to the back. Is it true that you may or may not have possibly just given him an earful in front of everybody? That's true. I love but it. It was mostly like a stuff attack of anything because uh, I don't want to... Sound like I was like some righteous guy or anything like that. It was just basically I was at the tail end of my patient. Yep. This whole thing, and I was really upset that a guy who's got a bright future had his knee torn apart by a guy who's just really strong yes. and has no idea how to do something as simple as, a, as an Irish whip. Was that you what know, it was it on? Shows you how dangerous our business is, right? Wow. Because it's not like it was a pile driver or a, or a power bomb that gone wrong. Yeah. Freaking Irish whip! Are you kidding me? Right. So, uh, and and it was just frustration because we were, uh, like I said, we were getting you know, you know, hey, uh, you're doing this, you're doing that. Okay, great. And then you get nothing out of it. Now, I'm not saying you didn't get anything out of it, but you know, we always have the contract, of course. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So when that happened, I think we were in Ohio. I want to say, and uh, so they're they're looking after. Him. And I'm telling you, this was a knee injury. And like when I talk to people, and they're like. 
uh, oh, I hurt my knee. And I look at it, I go, no, I didn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> Tyson's knee was in his back pocket. Trust me. Ugh. Like, that was a freaking knee injury, man. Like, I've never seen anything. I've played football. I've seen stuff happen. I've never seen that in my life. And, uh, like, he, has, he could have put his foot in, in his back pocket and walked away and hobbled oh. out. That's how bad. It was a rubber leg. So, um, I just had it. And I was just like, you know what? You guys suck. You suck. <laughs> You're terrible. You know? And so I just had this little suck attack stuff. And he's like, okay, that's enough. I'm like, no, it's not enough. Like, this is crazy. And so finally, at the end of the, uh, me being a baby, um, I, I drove this shitty Ford Tempo at the time. <laughs> and so I had, like, the security and everybody opened up the back doors. And they moved all the cars. And I just fucking back up my shitty Ford Tempo. <laughs> 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 and I guess it's like... <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like having the security part the freaking, uh, you know, the part the sea is like freaking Moses. <laughs> and so I can drive in and I throw tape in it. We can, I can even bring him to the hospital because we were in the States and we had to cross the border to get to the hospital. Uh. You know, and at that time, I was uh, after 9 11, so we were crossing um, at, a, at a, a border that was a barge because we couldn't cross at the Ambassador Bridge or we couldn't cross at the bigger places. So we found a uh, a uh, border crossing that you could actually go on a barge Jesus. in Florence, Ontario, near Chatham, where, where Showtime's from. Okay. And then, uh, and then you'd float across the river and, then, and, you'd, <laughs> and you're literally in people's backyards and there's a guy there that, there wasn't even a computer to be seen. There's a guy there with a, with a, with a checklist. And he goes, uh... Where are you guys going? They go, oh, we're going to the fun park. Okay, have a great time. <laughs> that was it. Right? We're gone. So, like, we went way out of our way to go, and, 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 you know, and so it was just like a culmination of all this stuff boiling over. And, and that's that your it, boy. That was, that was it for me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get it totally. And you guys never had but really... they kind of grew into legend. They did not, like, scream and yell. I don't think so, anyways. <laughs> but... And you guys never really had problems crossing the border, eh? Because you went... No. Out of your way to go on a yeah, well, boat. The, yeah, there for a while, they would even like the, the Fed would even send you uh, like a little thing saying you're you're working for them or you're okay. for them or whatever. Um, and then when nine eleven happened, you know, then you needed actual documentation, not just like a, a fax or sure. whatever, right? So it was kind of like, hey, you guys are booked, but if you can't make it, let us know. And, and of course, if you can't make it, guess what? They're not calling again, right? So. It's stressful. It was always stressful. I drove through many a snowstorm in Sudbury to Toronto, screaming like, with my head <laughs> hanging out the window like freaking Ace Ventura, screaming. <laughs> and you know, was, thinking like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Because like, there's no way you could no-show them, you know? Was that... There's always pins and needles crossing that border at that point in time. Oh, I know. And uh, so, yeah, I never got in trouble there. Like, never got pooched or anything like that. Um, but... Was that yeah, a rap on the? Sure. Was that a rap on working for them? I'm sorry. Was that a rap on you guys working for them? Obviously, Tyson was out, but did that about? Yeah, that was a rap for me. Yeah. And then, uh, Tyson went back uh, a few times, and then of course he did uh, the, the cruiserweight thing and yeah. all that. But, but uh, yeah, I think he went back once or twice after that. But uh, you know, who knows? There's, there's, there's no, never a rhyme or reason, man. It's not, uh, I think it's just, I think I should have been born, I should have been wrestling in like 1978. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's when I should have been around. I think, you know. I get it. 
I, I daydream about that all the time. What would I do? How would my match with Gorgeous George be? What would Luthez think of me? Like all that stuff. What could I do? What could I innovate back then? Would they even have me? Who knows? Yeah. You know, there's just something about, like not even like the Luthez stuff. I'm talking like, like Crockett. Yeah, oh, yeah. Stuff with, and even like, you know, the Freebirds back in the day when they're, everybody looked cool. And that's the thing too. You didn't have like big bodies or anything. You just had four tough guys. Yep. Like Terry Gordy, if I bumped into Terry Gordy in a bar, I'd be scared, you know? And yeah. that, that these people brought to the thing, like these were guys who looked like they could be menacing. And uh, and I just don't see that today. I don't, I'm not really afraid of anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like the famous Bill Watts right. thing. He'd always say, you guys can go out to the bar, but if you get in a fight and I find out you lose, yeah. you're fired. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that is definitely something that's missing now. Everybody's a pretty boy now, even if they don't mean to be. Like Braun Strowman, he's a giant with an immaculately cut beard. You know, like he's just like a good-looking giant. Nobody has that rough and tough look to him anymore. And it's just, yeah. I think it's just a sign of the times and how things have changed. But yeah, I, I know right, exactly I think, what you mean. I think what happens is the biggest players in the game are uh, trying to imitate the small players in the game because of uh, internet cred, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think you saw that a lot with the ECW stuff. When ECW is popular, and they're like, oh, we're going to have a hardcore division. The stuff that we're going to do, like, softcore, hardcore. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're going to do the Shannon Tweed movie version of <laughs> hardcore. So, and, and I think, you know, and, and <laughs> instead of being back in the day when they wouldn't even acknowledge another wrestling organization existed, and they just said, okay, this is our product. We're running with our product. I don't care if you don't like clowns. I don't care if you don't like garbage men. We're running. Yep. And it was, and to me, that was the way to go. Like, like to impersonate something that, you know, you really can't duplicate anyways. Because it's the time, right? There's, <clears throat> I always say this, uh, like, I love Westerns, right? Yep. But I love spaghetti Westerns. Because I, I like low-budget stuff that turns out good. But also, it was, the, it was the color that they used in the film back then. It was the music. And it was, you know, it was raw. Mm-hmm. The the the, uh, the actors, there's no like really good looking guy. Like nobody's good looking. Everybody looked no real. Case, whatever. And there's a real aura about. It's like the 1970s James Bond movie. Yes. Same thing. Like there's just this cool thing happening. And then when you try and replicate it as time goes on, even though it's still a James Bond story or it's still a western, it's just like ah, it just looks like a guy on a horse. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like because it just doesn't have that that thing. And I, and I think that same thing with, with wrestling is that there's a time like if you tried to do the four horsemen again today it wouldn't work right you mm-hmm. no. do it all day long uh, but it's just there's other stories to be told that I think are not being told and I think that that's the sad thing that we're in I'm not saying you have to duplicate a DX or you have to duplicate a horseman but there's people out there with talent and you just gotta let them be themselves believe like when you when Ric Flair does a promo and you're looking in his eyes you believe him yeah yeah that wasn't you know, an act because he believes it he believes it. Yeah. But when you see a guy on TV doing really bad porno acting, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it's like porn, right? Nobody watches it for the acting. Um, so maybe you do, and that's your thing. You know, that's fine too. Sure, yeah. But, but like, I just think that like if you uh, if, if you have like words written for you and you, and you couldn't give a damn, then once again, like we said at the beginning of this, if you're not having fun and you don't believe it, it comes across in the state. Yes. Let me tell you, <laughs> there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and do they get a pat on the back? Great job. Or, 
you know, because who would have thought that you have a wrestling kind of school thing and they teach you acting? You know? Yes, I know. That's so kind of gross, I think. Yeah, it's true. And that's kind of the thing with when you're all learning the same techniques, you all know the yeah. same techniques, too. Yeah. Like, it's just... I, I think if I was king of the world, what I would do is uh, I would have everybody would be... You'd get a guy like Roman Reigns and say, mm-hmm. okay, you did great, now go to Japan. Yes. <laughs> and, you're, you know, make your own way there and, and come back and your job will be here, but just go, go somewhere and yeah. come back. You know, and I think that was the beauty of the... Of the uh, the golden age was, was like, you know, the British Bulldogs were here and they were kicking ass with the Heart Foundation and then they went away. Yep. And then guess what? Six months later, they came back and was like, oh my God, they're back. And they were, they were fresh and they were happy. And they learned and, a new <laughs> trick or two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. They went <clears throat> somewhere else and, and they weren't afraid to go somewhere else because that was the business. Yeah. As you went everywhere. Like, look at, like, the, the name of the game for guys back then is they'd even leave us chance. Yeah. You're left on top. You know what I mean? Which is crazy, but when you when you think about how the business was run back then, I mean, it's been. Oh, yeah, it's... You know, but, but, but that was the expectation. You went to Florida, and then, you, and then you went here, and then you went there, and then you came here, and then, and then you went up to the WWE, and then you went back down someplace else. Yeah. You know? But now it's just, I want to go here, and that's it. I want to spend my entire career here. Well, they don't that's know it. anything else. Yes. It... They don't know, because even the Indies have been... And in my opinion, they've been kind of closed off where you get a wrestling school will open up an end, will open up a Fed, okay? Mm-hmm. And then they all the students wrestle at the Fed, and then the audience is filled with their parents and their friends. Yep, every time. So guess what? They're going to be over anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not and wrong. so I like, yeah, like a couple of years ago, I went, um, I wrestled Jimbo, you know, Jimbo Joe? Yeah, Absolutely. And I and I, I called him up. I'm like, I want to work you in front of your family, but you got to do something. <laughs> Did you see those matches on on YouTube? It's there. I never watched it. Yeah, take a look at that. And I just said, we're going to tell a story that's going to be scary, and uh, but I want to tell a different story. Yeah. You know, it's not wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is my buddy Mark. I want you to be scared, and I'm going to make you scared. And I think I did. Oh, you watched those two matches we did. I just wanted to get something different out of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, like, <clears throat> you can't, I don't know, You, you if you're always in front of your, your buddies and stuff. And I've seen that before where, where you had a wrestling school. Are you still there? Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't worry. Okay, sorry. My phone just lit up. I thought maybe I don't know. Because you have a wrestling school and, you know, everybody's wrestling and the mom and dad is happy. And then they go and work somewhere else and go, wow, I'm not over anymore. Yep. You know what I mean? There's that weird kind of thing, like, "Ooh, what's going on here?" Nobody knows, like, nobody's counting when I do this, or nobody. If I yell something, they're not yelling that back. Yeah. They don't know you, man. And, like, you have to establish all that stuff. You know, and, and maybe you don't do that because you need a TV show to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and and so that that's where you you get the the whole thing of of uh, like I said, like the, the second the, you know the music plays and you walk out, you start from scratch. And yeah. You just start over. I do. But yeah, I was able to do that with Jimbo, and I really appreciated, uh, you know, and uh, Tid and uh, Ben, the crossbody, having me down there and, uh, and doing those two those two matches. And, I, I, and the only reason why I offered to do that is I love them. Yeah, you know, yeah I he's a great dude. I, I wanted to get that out of him, you know? I love that. I just love, 
I love that you're constantly like challenging yourself too, because I'm big on that. I get bored of myself a lot, so I always want to do something different. And, and sometimes it's even just very minimal, but just something to screw up the flow I'm used to doing to see if I can do it. That's why I try to be like, I try, if I do a comedy match, I try to really do a comedy match. I don't try to like just do the hokey stuff that we know that works that's wrestling funny but isn't real world funny if i do hardcore i try to do hardcore if i do any kind of gimmick match i try to really go full force because i just love that challenge of all right i think i'm a creative but i'm put to the test here what can i come up with yeah yeah i agree and what can i present differently and that's the beauty of what we do right yeah it's always got to be that challenge and then what can I do different here? What can I do for that? Yeah. And 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 the, the second you think you know everything, you might as well call it a day. Yeah. All right, buddy. It's not Wh- going to be interesting to watch. Winding down here, I got two more things I, I want to cover with you. One, I'm not I, ju- down. I just opened up another course here. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll take as much time as you want. I'm always worried the other guy, you're on the end of the phone being like, Jesus Christ, we talking all night here? <laughs> I got a question, though, because I just saw this on yeah. your IMDb. And I know your IMDb, as you said before, it could be edited by anyone. But this is incredible because yeah. it is, it looks like it was placed there by Rolling Stone magazine. That's what it's credited to. All right. <laughs> this is verbatim. I'm not leaving anything out. Was originally cast for the lead role in Spider-Man, but was subsequently <laughs> dropped by producers in favor of a smaller actor. What the hell is that about? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Man. You know, it's so funny that you say that, too, because even, like, I don't have a Wikipedia page. I don't have any kind of personal uh, social media and stuff. So and that stuff could be, there could be stuff about me being a freaking, you know, a, a serial killer. I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I wouldn't even know. You know what I mean? Like, somebody tells me. You know, like, oh, whatever. Where? No, I, I, that didn't happen. Uh, one thing that almost happened was they were uh, at one point one of the uh, stunts we were doing um, they were going to do some of the original X-Men movie in Sudbury okay. in one of the cabins because we're a mining town we have all these cabins and stuff and so they were going to do the date one of the, apparently one of them was going to be a danger room okay. so we did go down and do some stuff for that but it never came never came through but I've been Santa Claus in a Hallmark movie. <laughs> I, is, is that what I'm looking at right now? Now Christmas at Cartwrights? I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. You were Santa? That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was interesting. I, I was in a scene with uh, Wallace Shawn. You know who that is? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, the ball, uh, Princess Bride. Am I wrong? Princess Bride. Yeah. 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 I, and you know, it's funny. I, I got in that. So. They were just looking for a bigger guy to play Santa, and I had like three lines. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I was doing. There was a girl from Corner uh, Gas. Okay. Uh, the dark-haired girl, and uh, like the one who owned the restaurant or owned the gas station or something. Yeah. So she was in, and I knew her, but I didn't know. Who, I, I saw the name Wallace Shawn. It didn't dawn on me until I we got picked up. Um, to go to the set, and I'm sitting in the car, and I look over, and there's Wallace Shawn. I'm like, get out of here! Are you kidding me? <laughs> then I got nervous. I'm like, oh, I don't belong here, man. Yeah, he's like, a real top-tier actor. Yeah, and then what happened to me is that I, at one point, I'm just like, I'm a worker. I can do anything. I can do anything, and that's all this is, is a work. I love it. It's a work. No big deal. Less bumping. That's so all it is. wrestling saves the day again. 
are you still kind of uh, seeking out like stunt work and acting work? Because I love that. Yeah, you know what? It, it just happens like I like wrestling uh, is number one. So yep. like I and that's what I chase, right? I, I, I spent a lot of time and a lot of mileage chasing that. <clears throat> and then uh, so the the acting and the stunts, I'm just doing if they if it's easy. So if it comes to me and I don't have to. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pay dues in the acting world. Like, yes. I'm not interested in being an actor. Right? So, if it happens, like I've been in, I've done stuff. Uh, I did a wrestling movie. Well, RJ City was in it with uh, Bloody Piper. Um, oh, was that that thing. horror one? No, no, it was uh, it was a religious one actually. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, RJ was in it. He was freaking awesome. Um, he's a really talented. Dude, man. He's incredible. But uh, yeah, it's called the Mask Thing. Uh, okay. So I did that, and then, uh, then I had a part there, and then I did uh, Bad Blood. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's uh, a thing out of Montreal. Uh, but I just you know, just need an ugly guy with long hair to, to stand outside the mobster's door. So that's what I did. I and love people that. always say, is that you? Are you in Bad Blood? But you standing there? Like, I'm just standing there <laughs> with my arms crossed, right? I so, love yeah, that. Yeah, it was a hard one. I, 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 I go, what's my motivation for this one? <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, you know what? I, I appreciate what everybody does for that craft, and I don't want to pretend that I'm going to scoop in there and do whatever. So yeah. if it's easy, and like I said, they need an ugly dude with a beard and long hair, I'm there. and it's easy, and I just do whatever. If they have a few lines, it's great because you get paid more. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the stunt work's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. It's, it's, it's all about body mechanics yes. and movement, and that's what we do, right? So yeah. it's pretty easy to, uh, to figure um, you know, to put together a good fight scene or whatever. But I've done a bunch of stuff there. There's a really great guy named Steve Gagnon, and he, uh, his, his group is called the Hit Action Team or something like that. And we would, and I just met him, and uh, you know, he needed he, he, he calls me up and he you're a wrestler, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, we're doing a stunt. Because suddenly North Bay and the Sioux were really busy with movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, lots, lots of TV shows were getting taped there. He's like, hey, can you get thrown through a window? I'm like, can I? <laughs> of course I'd love I to. Yeah, so then and then I, we just hit it off, and then he just called me out of the booth. Hey, we're shooting this. Uh, you know, where are you today? Where are you, where, can you be here next week? So I fired guns. I, you know, I've been shot. I've got my throat slit. I've done all that. Like, you know, just minion number one, minion number two, whatever. Yep. And and that's and that's really the stuff I like. I love doing the stunt because the rest of the movie people hate you. So you come in, and they're like, oh, it's the stunt guys. Just get this. We'll get the. You know. And then you do your stunt, and then like, hey, everybody, okay, go, go home. You guys are wrapped. Whereas if you're, if you have a line, just even one line, you're there all day. Yeah, I could like, imagine waiting and waiting for that one line. So the stunt, the stunt work really appeals to me because you come in, you have fun, and you get the hell out. I love that. I think you're gonna encourage me because I live in Hamilton, and as of right now, within probably a two kilometer radius of my house, there's two. I believe separate things being filmed. I don't know. There's shit being filmed in Hamilton nonstop. And I've always wanted to dabble in stunt work just because pro wrestlers are stuntmen to a to a point. I know that upsets some people, yeah. but we totally are. We, we know how to fall. We know how to control ourselves. Everything you said. I think I should really, I owe it to myself just to go over to one of these places because I don't think they're big budget fucking movies being filmed in Hamilton right now. And just like, hey, you need a, what can I do? To be a guy that gets thrown yeah. through a window like El Tornado. It's 
it's a really cool experience. And, and like I said, it's, and it's a work, right? You're a worker. Yep. The whole world's a work. Trust me. That's, that's my number one. If we're going to learn anything today, that everything's a work. Mm-hmm. Okay? Everything. I love it. It's true. Wrestling ruined me. It, it, like, it either ruined you or saved you. Yeah, well, how you look at it. it just... My wife hates me because everything that she watches, everything that she talks about, I can always just like poke the holes in it because it just, wrestling teaches you that everything is a work. You believe it's real, but it's not. Everything's fixed to a point. Everything has some mechanics, some smoke and mirrors happening. And I will be that asshole that points it out every fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, you can can smell a con a mile away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's so funny too because... uh, <laughs> my wife's always like, not everything is like that. I go, yes, it is. It is. You know, the weather's a work. If you ask me, everything's a work. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I I almost. Anyways, it is. The beauty about wrestling too is that you're telling you're telling like a combat story. Yeah. So you need to have that legit. I guess you don't in some places, but the way I do it is you need some legitimacy to what's going on, right? And uh, what's really cool is like the last solid I do with most like the. The video editing and stuff for all the all our stuff, mm-hmm. and so I see the parents sitting there with their kids, you know, on film, and they're on hard hard cam side usually, so I can see their faces. And dad sitting there with his arms crossed, he's like, "Oh God, wrestling's so stupid." And the kids are having fun, but you see dad there, and it's Daddy Davis against you know JT Player, okay. <laughs> and then as it goes on, then you see dad unfold his arm, then you see dad lean forward a bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then when when you know what's his name gets uh, Daddy Davis gets his, the milk and his baby bottle squirted in his eyes and he's telling it, the dad's like ah ah ah, right? They're like that's the best ever, right the there. Best. That guy, that's the guy I want to impress. I don't care about anybody on the internet. If I can make that dude want to come back with his five kids, then we've done our job. Yeah, that is it too. And live wrestling is just you don't have to like wrestling at all. You'll have a fucking blast. Yeah. Like it's one of those things. It's like going to see Kiss. Yeah. It's like going to see Kiss. That's Who's what everyone says. Yeah. They blow everything up. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big advocate. I've been shouting it from the rooftops for a couple. Basically, since I've had the podcast, I'm always like, when people go on dates and stuff, they always do the typical movie dinner mini putt, like just the random typical stand up comedy. If you know of a wrestling show. Just go. You don't have to like wrestling at all. You'll like nowhere else can you just yell obscenities in the crowd, hide in the shadows, and not only is it allowed, it's like encouraged. It's encouraged, yeah. It's incredible. Like you can't go to a theater and just yell at the actors the whole time. Come to a wrestling show, yeah, we're upset if you don't. That's right. Like it's, That's right. I, I watch a lot of uh, kung fu movies, right? Yep. Like I love nineteen seventies, the worst kung fu movies. Like if you say they suck, I love them. <laughs> That's and, how I am with. When movies. I was a kid, we had no TV. We had like two channels, and what, but one channel had every night at like from midnight till till the morning was uh, was like a gimmick night. So they'd have like comedy nights. You'd see like Laurel and Hardy movies, and then there'd be whatever you know. Uh, Jerry Lewis movies. Mm-hmm. And then they had a kung fu night, and they'd have all these like, like low budget kung fu movies with like the fake Bruce Lee's and everything. But those things, I freaking love them. I, I still to this day I have, I have a case of them over. I'm gonna say 500 movies that. <laughs> and I used to go to wrestling shows and and hand out 
on the Fool movies, the guys just say, watch this. There's like two years of, of storylines in this one movie. Here, watch this, right? <laughs> and, and watch all these guys because it's so similar to pro wrestling. So these guys, like when you research them, they, they freaking pump out a movie in two weeks, yeah. okay? Of the most intricate fighting you've ever seen in your life. Right and 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 uh, it's just amazing. Like it's so like pro wrestling, and then and then you watch and they're getting paid nothing, right? And they're doing these very similar things, and it's just an amazing kind of kind of similarity to what we, we both do. And I'm and I'm pretty sure. Uh, and you can ask guys like you know ask like Brett B if he ever talked to him or, or guys of that era. Yeah, I said I do it. I'd walk through the change and go here, watch this. <laughs> I feel like I've seen many pictures of you wearing like a kimono to the ring as well. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> That's my thing now. That just I like one day we're just talking and I'm like, you know, I'm like the master of I'm like the old master with the fat, with the long hair and the ponytail, right? <laughs> and then and, and so I just called myself the old dirty master of pro wrestling. That's what I am. So. So you're almost fifty now. You're almost fifty now. How much longer you want to go? Oh God! You know it doesn't. I don't. I guess. I guess till I, I like I'll, I'll either get hurt, like get injured out of the business. Yep. Or, um, or nobody wants to work me anymore, and I'll kind of figure it out. <laughs> that, yeah, you, you know? get the. That's exactly how I feel. I had Eric Young on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying, I'm going to wrestle until I feel like I can't perform at my best, and I don't want to show people that. And I was just, like, agreeing with him to be polite, when in reality, he's like, I, if I can wheel me out when I'm 88, if someone's willing to work me, I will make an ass of myself. Like, if if someone's willing well, to book like, me and work me, I'm there. Yeah, like, like, when we get back to it, I doubt I'll be doing the frog splash anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that, but I... I'm, this idea when I, I start to slow down and like I can't keep going as hard as I want to. I want to change my entire gimmick and rebrand to Credibility Kurt. And all it's going to be is me just giving back to pro wrestling. So it's like we lock up. We lock up. You grab a hammer lock. The ref always comes in. Do you give up? Nobody ever gives up. Credibility Kurt gives up right there. And now all of a sudden the hammer lock's legitimate again. Or... That's right, you're bringing it back. You give me a body slam, you pin me once, I kick out, pin me twice, I kick out, pin me a third time, that's all she wrote. And just all those tropes that we've destroyed over years, my part yeah. is just going to be giving credence to every one of them. Once I say... Yeah, like I, I'll always remember working uh, Lionel Knight 
Oh yeah, uh, it's freaking amazing. That's so good. And uh, yeah, and and he says, uh, of course we get to the show. And they're like, okay, uh, Mark, you're going over. I'm like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, no, no, you're going over, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> I change everything, and then uh, and the finish that I wanted uh, was was a backslide, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, ah, oh, really? And then and then we did it, and when we did it, the place went crazy. You know, because it's just something, it's, it's, it's a great pin. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a joke. It, it could become a joke to the workers or to people who are in on stuff, but not to the people who are at an indie show or there with grandma. Like, it's a legit pin. Yep. You know, and, and I just said, like, screw that. Like, I'm going to do something. I'll miss, I'll stun myself, and you just, I'll come out swinging like a drunken freaking sailor, and you, you give me the fast life. Right? It's That's, awesome. Yep. And now all of a you sudden, know, if anybody else does a backslide in that match, now it's a hot false finish. That's right. That's right. Now yeah, I, love, I love doing stuff like that because it is legit. Like, it, it's all legit. And that's you kind know, of the uh, fun with wrestling. You can make anything mean something. The Rock's finish was a fucking elbow drop, but when he hit it, I didn't yeah. look at it as just an elbow drop. That was a legitimate finishing move that I believed. And it's got to be a move too, that you can do to everybody. Yeah, I agree. Right? And, and and I think a lot of this stuff, like pick a guy up in your shoulders, throw him over your shoulder, give him the knee to the face, or whatever the hell it is. Like, I've seen that look worse and worse and worse and worse. Sometimes it looks great, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes I'm like, what just happened? Who got hurt here? You can't tell who got hurt, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So some of that stuff, like, is that what you're relying on? Eh. Like, that's great if, if you're, you know, if you're making money doing it, but a lot of times it looks hokey to me. I, like, I would love to see, uh, like, a knockout finish, like a legit knockout. Yes. You know? Yep. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not Why not have something where the referee, like, shoots, stops it, like, you do something so nasty, and the referee's like, screw this, you're, you're, okay, it's over, this is over, you're out, you're disqualified, just get out, you know? I don't know how much AEW you've been watching, but there's a guy, uh, his name's Anthony Agogo, and he was, I believe he, he plays he silvered or got bronze in one of the Olympics for boxing, and he's using a kidney punch as his finish. He hits a guy out of nowhere with the kidney punch, the guy crumbles, and the ref just waves it off. And it's like such a breath of fresh air because that is legitimate. He is a boxer. But we're all scared uh, of just losing the crowd with going that finish. Yeah, the international wrestling stuff I was telling you about from Montreal, uh, Gino Brito was the promoter, and his son was Gino Brito Jr. Yep. And he was he was feuding with uh, these guys called the Della Sera brothers, and, and uh, so to make himself better, he goes to this gym, and they have this. Uh, I don't know if he was an Olympian or what the hell he was, but his name was Trey Travis, and he's a boxing legend in Montreal. So he's training juniors to learn this punch, right? Mm-hmm. And the cool thing was is that when it happened, it was like a sidearm kind of punch, right? It was still to the head, but it was like it came from the side. It was like a standard punch, like a like an over the top. Okay. And so you can tell when he wound up, and they so they, they teased it like crazy. It was, it was really fun. And as a little kid, I'm like, what? He's, 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 there's the punch. You know, then Ellis there would see him do that sideways thing, and he'd grab the ropes and roll out. No, no, not today. You know, it was just fantastic. Classic. And then when he landed it, it was over. Yep. He didn't kick out. It was all over. He got punched. You know? And then, and, because uh, that's the other thing, too, is people kicking out of finishes. We could do a whole four hours on that yep yeah it's i love false finishes i loved them and i am pretty fucking tired of them now because 
like I I loved them when it was in and like let's be real uh, let's pot call when the kettle black right here I've destroyed it myself I credibility Kurt has done the absolute worst to it but I really fell in love with it when it was like the main event was when you'd get a lot of false finishes and now it's just every yeah. that's just how you kind of put together a match now it's heat come back false finish false finish false finish false finish finish it's never just a hot tag go home ever anymore or even guys doing uh you know they're finished eight times yes <laughs> and then the, the eighth time is the, the straw that broke the camel's back you know? yeah. but uh yeah it, and you know it's just a point and somebody's telling them to do it yeah so, you know it's not necessarily the, the workers themselves but yeah, it's pretty, uh, when you have that kind of repetition, it gets pretty tired, you know. And people notice, everybody notices. And I think everything... You know, like, I, I always say, like, when people ask me about that, they go, oh, did you see this match? I'm like, yeah, whatever. And they go, oh, why not? I thought it was great. And they go, well, obviously that guy's super kick, Yeah. You know? Yep. And obviously that guy's, what pile driver's no good, because he did it to the guy on the ring, but he still couldn't beat him. Yep, it's true. You know? So I'm offering... For only five thousand dollars, that guy can come and I'll train him. <laughs> you know. Now, in your day, because I've, I've lost to every, I've been pinned by every move. I, I'm an expert. Now, back in the day, because I feel like maybe you still do it. I feel like it's kind of gone along the wayside, though. Did you ever encounter or participate in any good ribs or anything like that? Feeding your dog you know, to the guy and take, stuff. Taking a, a shit in your gym bag. Yeah. Like great Valentine thing. But, um, oh, there's been some good ribs. I, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, okay, here's one. Uh, we, we had Jake Roberts in uh, Timmin. And uh, at that time, it was still BSE. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's this guy, uh, Bert the Hurt, Jason Brown. Yep. Who, who is actually the godfather of good independent wrestling because he was a huge, huge, huge part of BSE and he never got the, the cred, if you ask me. And out of BSE came Rock Solid Wrestling, Smash, Superkick, what else? Like some good feds came out of Oh yeah, BSE. CWR I'd say came from a, like almost every Toronto yeah. promotion for a while. So I always I always make sure I, I put Jason Brown over. He was, his nickname was Bert the Hurt but the guy was Awesome. And uh, so, anyways, so he was take. So we had Jake in Collingwood. We did our Collingwood show, and then we drove to Tim and Jake blew up with um, with uh, Bertha Hurt. Mm-hmm. And then we did we did uh, <laughs> we did uh, Timmons, and then they flew back. I think I think they flew back. So then I start driving home, and then the, our guy in, in Collingwood. God bless him. It's John Edwards. I don't know if you ever met John. Not sure. Did you ever meet John? Not sure. Anyway, he, he runs Collingwood for us. He does a lot of stuff. He's a huge, huge part of Rock Solid. Okay. And so, uh, but he's also like the nicest guy ever. But Jake Roberts is like, I'm going to pull a rib on him. Okay. <laughs> so he called, this is crazy. He called um, his manager and says, call John, tell him, that Jake is, is waiting at the airport. Nobody's picking him up. Okay. <laughs> so they, this guy does it. Okay. He calls up. He goes, ah, you know, Jake's at the airport. Nobody's there. Nobody's there. Uh, he doesn't know what to do. You better do something and do something fast. 
Jake calls John Edwards. Where are you? He goes, I'm not here. I'm not picking up Jake. Uh, you know, Jason Brown, Bertha Hurt's going to pick you up. Well, I'm just, I'm leaving. I'm just going to walk out of this airport. You're never going to see me again. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm driving home from Dillon because we're doing subway the next day. And uh, so I'm driving and my son's in the car and, and I get this phone call and John, he's like, I'm done. I'm done. Wrestling's <laughs> over. I hate this business. I can't believe it. Nobody's picked up Jake. Jake's lost. You know? <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me. Like, and, and I didn't know anything that they were doing this. I had no idea. So then, <laughs> I guess the final straw was the manager called uh, John and said, I heard a rumor that Jake Roberts is dead. <laughs> <laughs> And it's your fault, you know. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, and then John just, that was it. Oh, my God. Oh, God. So then I'm driving, and, and I'm nervous now. I'm like, holy shit, what just happened? Right? I don't know what's going on. And then my phone rings. I'm like, hello? And it was Brian Youngblood. Okay. And he's like, Mark, yeah? It's a work. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so this whole time they're ribbing John. Uh, Bertha Hurt and, and Jake Roberts read an out at a Toronto Argonauts football game in the stand. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. So, so I hope John's not upset I told that story. That's but good. Great. He's a great guy, man. He's, uh, he started uh, Rock Solid from day one with me, so he's, he's a big part of what we do. And how is Rock Solid? You guys run, well, when the world was normal, you guys were running pretty often. Yeah, we did. I think our last year we did eighteen shows. That's a busy schedule. So, yeah, we don't have we don't do house shows. We do. Uh, we're in a different town. We only do a couple of towns twice a year, but everything else is a one off. Mm-hmm. Just to keep it fresh, you know, I don't want to burn anything. But uh, it's great, man. And uh, but now this whole thing has kind of taught me that you know we're gonna like I don't know what it's gonna be like, right? I, and and so. Uh, I can't imagine, like, I know everybody's going to be excited to do stuff, but yep. I think the rules will be a lot different. Oh, um, yeah. Well, so I don't know what we can get done, but, and I, but I do know, like, what I like, so I, I don't want to go, I don't want to start over again in a, in a way, you know, I don't want to start uh, running shows at the local barbershop, you know? Sure, yeah, we've done that course. already, and we worked our way up, like, we were doing all high school gyms, and we were doing, uh, like university gyms and stuff like that, or, or like bigger places, and, and then sort of go backwards. And I, I, so I'm just still kind of sitting on my hands and saying, we're still alive, we're still above water. Yeah. But um, I, I, I really don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be because interesting. I don't, I'm, yeah, and I'm not, too, I'm not too keen about like really going balls in and starting this thing up again, and then it just gets turned off again. You know, next season in September or whatever. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. That's the real scary I think thing. I'm just gonna, like, I want, I want to help whoever. Like, if somebody wants to book me, I'll come in and work for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to put, to put our, our thing on the line right now, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I know. I would have but never we, thought. We're, we're still alive. We're still above water. We're still a, a real company with real insurance and real everything. But yeah, I, just, like, I think I'm just going to see what happens. You know what I mean? I'm not going to jump too quick. I would have never thought the government could just shut everything down like they did. I, I will... A year and a half ago, I thought that was impossible, and now they've done it three times. So, what do I know? Yeah. But yeah, I'm and just. What's funny is that people, 
and you look at what else is what's going on everywhere else, and then they say, you know, oh look at look at Australia, they're doing great. Well, Australia was locked down last week, yeah, you know, because of one or two cases yep. that happened. So I, I don't know. It's, it's just uh, it's very unfortunate, man. The whole thing's unfortunate. I, and I don't. Uh, I don't know if this has changed the rules to everything. Like for example, you know, we run we do eight hundred people in a, in, a, in a high school gym. Damn, and then. They don't even have their own sports going on, so I might have believed that next year I'm going to say, hey, we're going to write you a gym, and I'm going to sweat in this guy's mouth. Yeah, okay? that's a good point. You know? Yeah. So, I don't, and once again, too, if we're running these shows, um, and, I, you know, I need 800 people in the seat, but they're only allowing 200, is yeah. that going to pay the bills? You know? So, I, I don't know. It's going to be a different world. I'm definitely not giving up. There's no way in hell. But... I don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. Probably the best way to say it. No, like, I was thinking that too. When this first started, I was just, like, first month or two, I didn't think it was a big deal. And then once we got into, like, about last summer, it was just like, for one, maybe no promoters are going to want to take the risk to do this anymore because, like, half the time you're working at a loss anyways. And secondly, we're just assuming people are going to want to gather in big crowds again. Like, maybe there's a lot of hesitancy. Well, yeah, especially in Canada, because everywhere else is business as usual to a yeah. large extent. And then here we still, you know, it's still like this, this uh, weird thing going on here, like like nothing else in the world. Like, don't watch the hockey game tonight. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't don't watch the hockey game. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know why we're so far behind the eight ball, you know, but, uh, but look at, you know, I, my insurance guy who's a good friend of mine, uh, we keep in touch quite a bit, and, and he always says, "Watch the watch the casinos. You know, if the casino if Casino Rama is going to start having acts again, then we're, we should be back there." Oh, that's back good. And, and it doesn't look like anything's happening for quite a while. So. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, there's and there's going to be concerts, but like, so for example, if you want to put a ring in the in the middle of the field and have a bunch of people drive up in their cars and stuff. Yeah, it's not quite okay. the same. But I, I don't know if that's what I want. Yeah. You know? And if I do want it, so I don't I, want it to become the norm either. A one shot here and there, yeah. no big deal. But I don't want that to be the the just the regular every day. Yeah, and, and, and you know, like the smaller halls would be starving for the people to to rent them. So I'm sure you'll see like a lot of smaller shows happening at like you know your local uh, Legion or whatever like that. Yep. You know, and that's great. You know, if, you, if you're gonna get a suplex, you have to bend your legs. You don't kick the light picture out, or, the, <laughs> or kick the kick the disco ball, and then you guys, get, you know, you get the change in the in the kitchen. You know, we've all done that a million times. But uh, you know, and that's why what why I like the high school gym and the university gym because we all had showers. We all, you know, it's a nicer kind of setup for everybody. Yeah, and it feels like for the paying customer, if you pay and you're in. You enter and you see tons of chairs around the ring. It kind of a little bit of more of a production as opposed to just walking through a gym door. It just feels like you're getting your money's worth before the show's even started. I'm big on making things look like uh, you're giving yeah. people their money's worth, and that is like I I, I I I most of the shows I work are in those little legion halls. I love them to death, but I can sure. see. Uh, they have a time and place, and sometimes it's nice to kind of spoil the people and make it seem like they're actually coming to an event as opposed to uh, an outlaw mud show. Yeah, yeah, but you know, and then 
we've all done them and, and like said, like these, and, and I love doing them to this day. Like people will like, I'll call up a guy and say, look, man, because like once you start promoting, it's, it's hard to get booked anyway. You know, like the, it's hard, and I understand that, but, but I, sometimes I'll actually call up a guy and be like, man, I want to work. Yeah. Know, put me on. And I'll make it some kind of a deal and away we go. And because and, I do enjoy that because that's, that's the basis of everything. And that's where you meet these young guys and, you know, have a good, and, and, because uh, like, Sometimes, like, like, how long has it been since I saw you until we worked that day? Like, it's been a couple years, years yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like neither one of us are busy. We're just on total different, you know, That's it. total different shows. Yeah. I'm really hoping. <laughs> it looks like there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel now. I'm trying. I'm being, like, cautiously optimistic. Me too. I'm, I'm, I, I, I was hoping to reboot my insurance and all that stuff for, uh, for the fall. Good. I'm happy to hear it. It sounds like like I've been getting messages again about people and promoters, at least anticipating things and trying to not book me, but just kind of put out feelers. Hey, this is what we're looking to do if things clear up. So I'm really excited because I'm not going to lie. When shit went down in March, April, May, those couple months, like I was enjoying the downtime i had never had weekends like that off like i was fortunate enough to work like i was working four to eight shows a month i was never home on weekends and i worked all throughout the week i was pretty stoked to just do nothing during the spring and like nice weather and i enjoyed that for a while but now it's just like okay i've had more than enough time let's get these wheels back in motion like now we're just losing time before losing a, a month or two it wasn't a big deal but it's just like geez we're actually carving out years now of just well, missing out on this. Like I said, especially when you turn on the Stanley Cup playoff and be like, packed building. Like, yes. Packed. You know? Yeah. Uh, and and it's just, there's no reason for that. And, and uh, happening, you know, at some time, a few hours over the border. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Like, literally, I could throw a stick in that. Okay, I could not throw a baseball. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. But. Maybe a football. Maybe I can. I'm going to try. <laughs> But uh, I'll tell you, like this, this whole thing, like you said, it, like it was some downtime, whatever. But I will say, it's just added about ten years to my wrestling career. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all all this did make me recover. Especially the day. Yeah, that's true. All right, man. Um, I always ask one thing at the end of a podcast. Any rhyme yep. or reason, I don't care what. I'm going to play a song at the end of this. What song would you like played? Can be absolutely anything. Oh, really? Anything. Okay, I'm, I'm going to dedicate this song to Jake O'Reilly, Darko, Cody Diener, Daddy Davis, Kid, Scotty the Body, Turba, JT Player, Crazy Steve. You ready for this? Is it going to be Happy Birthday or something dumb? <laughs> no, it's going to be, and there's a story behind this song. I'll tell you the story first. When I first met Steve and Crazy Steve and Bill, they were really young and, and uh, showtimes. Like, hey, take care of these guys. Okay, I just trained them, whatever. And so I drive by Barry, pick the guys up, and whatever, and we just hit it off. Yeah, and they're great guys. Are Jake O'Reilly to this day is probably one of my few friends of, uh, that I have anywhere. To tell you the truth. So um, uh, the one time I was all excited and I had this. Probably a cassette tape at the time. Queued up, waiting for them to get in the car <laughs> so I could play it and drive fast. So this song has some, has, it's uh, Eastbound.
on and down. Oh, great. From, uh, from Smokey and the Bandit. And it's uh, Jerry Reed is the, is the, the fellow who sings it. Who I love it. Snowman. I'm a country that's, music that's fan. I, I love it. Pardon me? I'm a country music fan. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a country music fan, but I'm a Jerry Reed fan. 100%. Oh, this is great. Awesome, dude. Dude, this was such a good time. Such a thrill. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. You know, like, like I said, I'm not on social media. I'm not, uh, like, uh, plugged into anything. So I appreciate that, that, uh, that this happened somehow. Oh, are you kidding me? This When O'Reilly texted me and said he'd like to do it, I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest. This has been so fun. I hope we actually get to talk in person sooner that, rather than later, too. See, O'Reilly knows where to find me. He's like one of the few people on the planet. <laughs> Well, one of these days, I might ask him for directions to just show up to hang out one day. I got all the time in the world. And, and like, like I said, we, we have to hook up. I do. I have. You've always been one of my favorite people. And, uh, like I said, the first time I met you, I wanted to freaking take you home and adopt you. <laughs> Warms my heart. No, yeah. that, that means so much to me, man. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Take care. Take care. Dude's the fucking best. I don't know what to say. Wanted to talk longer, was more than open with everything. Just the fucking best, man. I love that guy. Ah, this been this has been so fun talking to these guys. Ah, I don't know what to say. It's a Wednesday night, and I'm just elated. So, whether rather than trying to uh, keep this podcast going with nonsensical fucking verbiage at the end of it, you're gonna hear some Jerry Reed. And that's it. Thanks a lot. Tornado's the best. Look him up. Look up. Uh, look up the crazy clothesline bump, bump he takes from Chris Nowinski. Uh, his stuff with from Crossbody with uh, Jimbo Jones. And look up everything. He's so fun to watch. His Terry Funk singlet is great, and uh, he's a massive bumper. You watch him. He's always taking like picture perfect, clean bumps. He's just he's the best. And besides pro wrestling, he's just as you guys can tell at this point. Just a mensch of a man. The nicest guy ever. So, here guy, here you go. That's the podcast for this week. All right, Fokker out. Peace.
Want pro wrestling action in your home? Trying to get a laugh at the expense of SOS and he paid for it. Gunner Witness the best in the Ontario Independence. Featuring champion Alessandro Del Bruno. I have eclipsed every past champion and their ring. See, Pretty Ricky. Me and Easy E Eric Carney is to win those NSW Tag Team Championships. Mark Wheeler. One shot, one kill. And more. New School of Wrestling presents Overload. New episodes, Friday nights, 10 p.m. You know who we are? We're the Gnarly Boys. www.youtube.com forward slash New School Wrestling.